This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. <laughs> Good evening. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hi, Jay. Hi, Brian. Welcome back. So I see you over there. <laughs> <laughs> Still getting used to this being in the same room thing, you know? Yeah, I liked it better at my I mean, here. <laughs> here this is great i like it i like it well we took a week off did you, did you enjoy your time off it was it, it felt, it felt like a lifetime i know i know well i enjoyed my time off because i shot a big old buck yes you did <laughs> yes you did <laughs> well uh you know we've been talking a lot of hunting and stuff lately on the uh, podcast and had some positive feedback on it so Figure this week we're going to do a hunting episode. Shout out to uh, Adam Howarth. said more cowbell. Need more cowbell. <laughs> Mr. John Graves, rock and roll. Mr. Crankbait Johnny. Yeah, Crankbait. Leanne's in the house. Hi, everyone. Uh, guys and gals, if you could go in that lower left-hand corner and share up, uh, share up the post and uh, get an audience going here, that would be awesome. We got a good friend of ours in the green room our fancy green room yes i remember one time john graves we had him in the green room <clears throat> and he was like we ran out of snacks in the snack machine and stuff in the green room you remember that That's yeah good. that happened sometime in the virtual but, world uh, for the hunt episode we brought out the buckhead so yeah like the, buckhead. the buckhead <laughs> don't be such a buckhead <laughs> <laughs> well let's get it let's get our man brad in the house here and uh He's a, a return guest. Welcome back, Mr. Bradley. Mr. Gentleman. 
How you there's doing? There's two of you. I mean, I mean, there's gentlemen. two of you. <laughs> gentlemen, let's, yeah, let's be honest. That's. I mean, this, that's, this is uh, a really formal podcast. <laughs> I like it, man. Well, you know, Brad's an avid hunter. You talked about that when you were on with us, and uh, we figured we'd bring you on because you've kind of introduced me to uh, some styles of hunting that I haven't really tried before. Upland and uh, waterfowl and. Uh, We've had a blast, uh, blasting some birds together, I would say. And uh, we wanted to talk about Jay's experience this year because Jay is, this is his first time hunting anything. Um, well, seriously. I mean, yeah. I, I've hunted in the past, but not like I'm doing this year. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. <clears throat> Newbie. Pretty much the rookie. <laughs> and I got some great stories to go with that. We got naughty fish <laughs> in the house. What's up, Lawrence? Um, but yeah, we wanted to have a hunting episode and we want your guys' feedback at the end of the show. Shoot us a message, put it in the comments. If you want to see more of these, um, you know, a lot of fishermen transfer over into the hunting world this time of year. Um, so Jay and I have been talking and we've got questions about it. Like, are you guys going to do a hunting episode? And by all means, why mm -hmm. not? You know, we try to educate in the kayak fishing world. Why not try to do it in the hunting world? I mean... I know from your experience, you've learned a ton of stuff this year. <laughs> yes, I have. I've become very good at tracking deer, apparently. <laughs> stuff like that. But um, Brad, man, let's let's start with you, man. Uh, like, what types of hunting are you doing this year? Um, what What's your kind of background and all that good stuff for people that may not know you? Well, I took up hunting myself. No one in my family hunted. Um, I was living on a farmhouse at the time and I just kept watching ducks and geese land in the field behind it. And a buddy of mine and I were like, we should learn to do this. And that's kind of where it started. I remember going and doing my hunter safety and then jumping out in that field, not having a clue what we were doing with a dozen of the cheapest silhouette decoys like you could buy. Because I don't know, I was 23 and broke renting a farmhouse. And let's be honest, keg parties on a weekend were way more interesting. Uh, sure. <laughs> as always, as always at 23 for sure. Yeah, you so probably, I, I bet there's even like a couple of spots where you know, a couple of times you're like, hey, hold on one second. Hold my beer. There's good times there. I mean, there was drag yeah. race, grass drag, and snowmobiles up back in the middle of summer. And <laughs> you gotta love it. Gotta love it. But yeah, but. I mean, that's kind of what got me started into it is just. Like really, I got bit by the waterfall bug first, which probably might be the most expensive bug out there, in my opinion. Sure. It just that that just never ends. It's just the waterfall is just an addiction. That's just like open up your pocketbook and just throw money at it. Yeah, I think I kind of already learned that lesson. Yeah, I saw some pricing. I was like, oh, geez, that's all I need is more stuff to get into. Yeah, well, that was kind of my thought. Like. You know, Brad and I had talked over the summer, I think it was, and you were like, hey, man, you should come up. Let's hunt out of the kayaks for some ducks and geese. And I was all about it. Like duck and goose hunting is something I've always wanted to do, but I've never had uh, a mentor for that, so to speak. Um, and when you offered the the uh, invite, I was all about it. And I got to partake in that this past weekend. And I think it was the very next day I was on the phone with you and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go buy some duck call, a duck call, a goose call. What should I buy? I'm going to get a dozen decoys. Like, what do you recommend? And this and that. And 
lo and behold, Blown up back in was, my house and I was giving you some terrible calling lessons. <laughs> well, in, in our friend, Adam, Adam Howarth was with us. And in the comments here, he says, give a man a duck. He eats for a day. Teach a man to hunt ducks. He will drop a thousand on decoys, 500 <laughs> on a gun, 1800 on a kayak and 200 on calls. I like it. I mean, that's it's pretty accurate. Not too far <laughs> off. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, Jay, I mean, you're newbie, right? Like, yeah, I'm what, pretty green. What's what's been your focus this year? Uh, archery, uh, deer hunting, yeah, for sure. I have, I have put in. A, I mean, uh, so I uh, belong to a private club that has a lot of deer that come through. Private and club, yeah, I know, I know. Pinky up, <laughs> Mr. High Class over here. Yeah, well, it's also suburban hunting, so it's not that great. So, you know, I'm, it's I'm good still, fishing. I'm still good kind fishing. of a city boy when it comes to even hunting, but. Um, no, I mean, it, I, I put in a lot of time sitting. I, I think I'm estimating, but I could probably be near 70 to 80 hours. I think at this point, um, there were some botched attempts in the middle of that. There, I mean, again, we talked about the cellular cams. So I've got three out there and there's one particular morning me and Brian were talking and he's like, dude, you should go out there. Because I show, I shot him a picture of this buck and he's like, you should be out there tomorrow morning. I'm like, yeah. I was like, I will. And then the morning came and I was like, yeah, I'm going to sleep in. It's a little chilly. And then that morning, the that- buck walked right in front of the spot <laughs> and I blew it. If I was there, I mean... What's the, what's the saying I told you that it was most representative of hunting? Can't kill him from the couch. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, I'm telling you, man, I have had so many interactions with deer this year. It is just like, it's insane. But I learned a lot um, within those interactions. Uh, I've actually shot two does this year. Um one sadly a loss. We'll get into that. We'll get yeah. into that because that's well, a good lesson. Well, there's the there's that one and then the other one. So. Yeah. Well, you learned okay. two valuable lessons. Yeah. There. <laughs> but uh, but it's been pretty brutal. Oh, I took a coyote too this year. Um, from the from the tree stand. So yeah. that was actually my first uh, first. I guess it's weird to say it. My first kill. Harvest. Yeah, harvest. Let's say my first yeah. harvest. Uh, I've actually been instructed if I were some because we have so many on the property to to take them so well pretty much know. any hunt turns into a coyote hunt as soon as you see a coyote it's just the way it works. oh yeah. yeah absolutely yeah but uh yeah it was it was a good shot though yeah yeah i mean he within 10 feet he didn't get any further see that's the thing man coyotes are so hard to shoot with a bow and you drilled that thing but you struggled on your deer <laughs> you know and, and then like and i'll even put this to you like i'm a target like my background is like 3d target shooting yeah you know, and just regular target shooting, like doing, you know, 300 and 500 rounds. And, uh, yeah, I will tell anybody, like, you may think you're a crack shot, but you wait till you get a deer 10 yards in front of you on a ground blind that takes you by surprise and you think you got it, you know, and later on you realize that your sight is off too. <sighs> Something happened to my sight. I mean, everything yes. has happened this year that yeah. could ever happen. Oh, it's, it's been a great learning experience for you. That's for sure. I mean, like I told you, man, I wasn't bashful about it. My first year deer hunting, like the first deer I shot, which was actually my first actual sit, I shot a doe and, uh, 
you know, my mentor back then was Scott Purrs, and he was on one of the first, uh, I think it was like episode number four of season one. And, uh, you know, like I'm the same as you, Brad, like nobody in my family. Well, my dad bird hunted um, before I was even born. Um, you know, my folks had kids. My mom said, you know, you got to get rid of the shotguns and stuff like that. So I never really had anybody show me. I didn't start bow hunting till I was, I think, 28 or 29, maybe. And I'm 38 now. And, um, you know, I had my good friend Scott was a good deer hunter. And, you know, he showed me the ropes and it, he taught me a lot of lessons because that first deer, I remember I shot that thing and I, he was like, well, where'd you hit it? And I was like, right behind the shoulder, man, right in the money spot. Lo and behold, I hit it back and it was a gut shot. And, you know, one of the lessons we started tracking it and we tracked it to a a wood edge. And he said, look, man, I'm telling you right now, like the saying goes, when in doubt, back out. When you're unsure of that, that um, animal expiring. It couldn't be more true. (laughs) And, and you learned that lesson. Like I had said that and on that deer that you lost, we actually bumped it. Not, you know, to be all fair. Um, I think you shot it in the shoulder. Oh, I'm sure that deer is still running around and things like that. But I think not only that, but a valuable lesson you learned from that was like, don't give up. And especially on your second deer, like you went out Mm -hmm. that next morning, tried to track it down, you bumped it again and so on and so forth. Um, whereas with your second one, well, so the second one, I was like his story, I was so sure. That I that I hit her right behind the shoulder, I was so sure, and it was I it was wrong. I I got shot her, um, again another ten yard shot. It's again so easy to botch that shot. It's funny how you want that shot to happen, but I'm gonna, now I want like twenty and thirty yard shots because I want to be able to see it come in, set up, take a deep breath, <laughs> make sure everything's like in line. But no, everything happens like that. You know when they come in and. But yeah, I mean, it's. I thought for sure I hit her behind the shoulder, and she went up around the corner, and I waited like you know half hours, kind of kicked back, and I ended up bumping her. She didn't even go that far, and if I had just like never gone over there, yeah. I think it'd be a different story. Like you know, later in the day. Yeah, well, I mean, you had some sign, you know, during that track, you know, because I had talked to you on the phone, and you know, there was some blood and mm-hmm. bubbles in that blood, which usually means lung. But, uh, you know, you did hit her back and, you know, we had a conversation and, you know, I said, usually that type of shot, you got to give them 12 hours. Mm -hmm. And, but it was like 70 degrees. It was warm. Yeah. A smaller deer. You gave her four and you looked and you were ready to give up. Oh, dude. Well, and then, and this is coming off of, and we'll probably talk about this too. Two days of pheasant hunting with you. Yeah. Where when you don't have a dog, you are the dog. <laughs> so you you like you know, I mean you're I walk so much. I mean, and for a fat dude like you know that doesn't walk that much anymore. Like I felt, I mean I I felt it, but dude, I felt pretty fit. But like come that third day, yeah. all the walking I did tracking that that deer, it was like it was rough, and uh, she wasn't bleeding much. 
And then I just happened, like after talking to you, I just happened to, to pick up that blood trail on the other side of the road again. And it wasn't much, man. And it took a lot, but I just, I really just started kind of like what you taught me, just keep circling around. But, you know, I was checking every game trail, just every trail. And I finally found sign, but then it like was a dead end again. The crazy part was later on, like, you know, Brian comes in there in the clutch, helps me find her. It turns out I probably walked by her about three times. She was right next to me the whole time. Um, which kind of blew my mind, but it's just like, it, it just, it's just amazing. Like how just from like the color of the deer, the color of the woods, you know, what you think you're going to see or not, you have to be, you have to really relax your mind, I think, yeah, to kind of just take it all in and then just work the area, the area systematically. Cause I remember when you were going up the, going up the hill, I'm like, why the hell is he going up the hill? Like she's not up there. Well, guess what? She was up there, yeah. you know, and it was the craziest thing, you know, for me, you know, cause we walked down the one path, the one game trail I did not walk down and we just, you know, he goes, dude, there she is. I'm like, Oh my God. And she was underneath, like in the worst stuff, just bunched up against this, this tree that had all kinds of crap all over. I mean, like from a distance, you wouldn't have seen her, like, which I think happened from the one game trail. Sure. And I mean, it was just, Again, you know, an amazing situation. And I will say from a hunter's perspective, I felt so awful about if I wasn't going to find this deer, this poor deer is going to like, you know, it, it's already taking too long in my opinion. And I should have, been, you know, should have done a better shot. And I know a lot of people still go through this. But, you know, I remember me saying that. I just felt so awful. I was like, we need to find her. I was like, I just can't. This doesn't sit well with me. I don't feel good because my first deer – there's a whole story behind that. Yeah, sure. You know, um, well, we can get into that yeah. a little, little well, deeper. Before in. we go too far, Jay, how was how was gutting your first year, especially being a gut shot? Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm not gonna say I wasn't like, uh, uh. like it was pretty. It was it was fine until like the last part. <laughs> I know Brian was like I'm totally having a great time with this again. You know, and I'm not gonna hide it. Dude. It's like you know. As much as you I got, fish it, you, like, you got to back that up. How was cleaning your first pheasant? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I like, you know, I just. Let's I've just never, say Jay's got a soft stomach. Yeah, I, I've never had a strong stomach. I mean, it's, 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 it, I'm hoping I get over it. But even if, you know what, I don't care. It's not going to deter me. I mean, even wow. if it's a part of the experience, you know. And just so you know, we're never recording that. We're we're gonna we're end, never recording that. We're gonna end the show with that story, no, dude. Oh yeah. oh yeah, we're ending the show. With well, you know, Jay's first cleaning. Experience. If you're not growing up with this stuff, I'm gonna tell you right now. It's uh, depending on where you're at with it. It's gonna mess with you a little bit. Leanne said that's why you have friends named Brad. He helps me gut my deer. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's why I like your Brian. I, I, <laughs> See, I do the same thing for everyone. Like if they've never got a deer, my one niece, the same thing. I'll show you the first time. The second one's on you. My buddy, oh, sure. he did that with me. He's like, the first yeah. time's on me, the second time's on you. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's pretty much what I did with Jay. I, you know, I'd start and, uh, you know, let him continue. Just, you know, stand there, give him instruction and stuff like that. Lo and behold, I ended up finishing it off because old soft stomach over here had a rough time. Once he got a whiff of that, you know. Oh, dude, that was some awful <laughs> stuff. I mean, but and we we probably should stress it because I got shot it and it 
you know, it's, it festered for a bit. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you know, it wasn't um, the greatest yeah, smell. You know, it happens. It yeah. Happens. It's all right, man. I'm not ashamed. It's cool. I still, hey, I should have a light breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, I already told him. I was like, that's always the plan. I'm going out there starving. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and if I do eat something, you like nibbling, like, mm, nom, nom, you know, just like, all right. a little bit of jerky and that's Yeah. That, that's enough to just, I'm just a sustain just to keep the feeling away. And like, oh, man. <laughs> Uh, it's fine, you know. I mean, it really like it wasn't so much like the guts and everything. I mean, just getting into it, the fill dressing, but it was like once that smell, yeah, like hit. And that's like you know, it's that's only unique. my second time yeah. to being inside a deer. Oh, that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with your deer? Well, like, well <laughs> leave the peanut butter at home, yeah. <laughs> oh man, it, like oh. 12 things that just went through my head. Oh boy, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, getting back to me, like, I mean, you two have really got me back into the hunting this year. Like, I was a very avid bow hunter, uh, you know, from 28 till 2015. And, um, you know, in Illinois, our biggest struggle is land. Like, we don't have public land oh, yeah. like Wisconsin does, Iowa, you know, other states out there. So, um, I had lost my land you know, cause it, it used to be where my folks lived, they moved and, uh, I no longer had a place to hunt. And I had always frowned upon public land. Like you always hear those stories, guys walking through your area, you know, things like that. And this year I've hunted all public land and I've loved every second of it, but I've also changed my strategies on how I hunt that stuff. Um, the buck I shot, like I know I've been, if you guys have followed me on Instagram, like I've been, uh, posting, uh, what am I been calling it? The hunting tour 2020 or something, (laughs) you know, because I've been just, you know, doing all kinds of different stuff, which has been super cool and unique. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of that's due to Brad's, uh, guidance and assistance on, on all the bird stuff. But I mean, you have been chasing, some deer and i've been seeing the camera pictures and trying to give you uh as much pointers as possible and i'm like man what am i doing and then you know i went up and saw brad when we went woodcock hunting and you know showing me pictures of his bucks running on cameras and you know obviously it was the rut rut was kind of in full swing last week and i was like man i need to get in the woods Mm -hmm. so i took some time off and got out there and shot two deer back to back two days in a row <laughs> yeah yeah it was, that just like blew because it was just funny because like you made that comment to me you're like watch i'm gonna get out there and shoot a buck before you <laughs> and like it went and like how many hours collectively like maybe five not even Jesus. uh maybe three and a half <laughs> and it's like near his house and now he's and he like semi scouted it even like the first day you went out you were scouting basically but you were you know hunting. yeah i i had i didn't even plan to hunt i was on the way home i got out of work a little bit early that day and uh i was gonna blow right past the house and just head straight there and just kind of glass the field during sunset and i was like you know screw it i'll stop by the house i had already got my tags um grabbed the bow the camo threw it on went and stood next to a tree i had walked out and there was other hunters there in, you know, this particular piece of property. Every go, everybody goes to the back. Mm-hmm. Right. And in real reality, that's the piece of land that gets the most pressure is that back section. 
So I skirted the front of the property and I saw a bunch of rubs and I went and stood behind a tree. I sit there for 10 minutes through a grunt out and lo and behold, a huge A pointer comes in and almost shot him that night. I needed him to take three steps out and he kind of turned and walked away. He knew something was up, but he didn't know what it was. He never saw me. Um, and then next thing I know, uh, what I thought was a little doe came in behind me and turned broadside at like 15 yards and I smoked it and it ended up being a button buck. But, you know, my thought was, is I'm already so late into this. Like, you know, if I see a deer, you know, I'm going to put some meat in the freezer. And, um, so I got that. And then the next day I worked a half day, got to the woods at like two sundown was at like five ten, or lights out was at like five ten or something and i shot that eight pointer um i think it was like four o'clock or something like that yeah you think you know yeah like just four o'clock but you know yeah but brad i mean you haven't you haven't deer hunted this year year yet right nope i I really spent this year i'm focused on birds i'm really working my dog herd. she's nine so especially with losing my lab this summer. It's kind of like, I'm like, yeah, I really got to put some miles on the dog, really get some more, really gain those memories this year. Yeah. 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 I know that was rough, man. Uh, you know, I went up to, uh, green Bay with you, uh, camping and that was kind of like right after that all had happened. And, you know, sorry to hear that, man. I mean, losing a pet is never an easy thing, especially when it's, uh, your hunting buddy, you know what I mean? but it's, uh, it's a hard experience there's definitely no doubt about that i mean it's yeah. still i mean it still hurts like i don't know he was with me through a lot like he was with me through a divert divorce with me through a really nasty breakup with me through meeting my wife now i mean he just he was always there he was truly my rock yeah that's the best thing about dogs man yeah you can tell them all your problems and they don't talk back oh yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> And they'll find but your that, birds. Yeah, well, should we talk? That dog is what. That? We'll get to that. Is that a good segue? We'll get to that. No. We'll, <laughs> we, between the two of us, we have so many stories. It's so funny. Just, just from this yeah. year. Yeah. Go ahead, Brett. I was going to say that dog, my lab, is what actually led me to upland hunting. I rescued him a little late, and I never got him as steady as I wanted in a duck blind. And we were up north for a duck weekend with, with my buddy Steve, and he's like, let's go try grouse hunting. He grew up grouse hunting. Not so much duck hunting, but his dad always said deer hunting and grouse hunting. His dad wound up also being a mentor to me. Um, and Bandit just took to those woods like he was, he was made for it. And that really lit my fire for like grouse hunting, which led into woodcock hunting and pheasant hunting and really enjoying that upland pursuit. Yeah, dude, that was a wild experience, man. When I came up woodcock hunting with you, I had never hunted with a dog ever. And uh, your dog Pippa, I mean she put in some work, man. And it was cool to see how she would work the woods and this and that. And, you know, she'd find a bird point at it and then we'd kind of move in. She'd flush it out and then we'd, you know, get a shot. I shot the only bird that day. Just saying. Yeah. You're like pro. Don't tell Brad. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But uh, no, it was, it was super cool, man. I mean, what, what inspired that? Was it just from the grouse hunting you did up North? I mean, well, we the kind dog of stumbled into such a cool aspect. I can't see not hunting birds without a dog. Like I enjoy the dog work 
more than the bird hunting aspect. Like watching a dog you've trained just brings a whole yeah. nother, whole nother emotional level to that. Like there's just such a connection there. And woodcock hunting just kind of came from, I don't like chasing pheasants really in Wisconsin because they're planted birds. I really don't feel like they're that wild. Um, so I was looking for something I could chase that was wild down here in Southern Wisconsin. And we stumbled into woodcock and migration up in Northern Wisconsin. I'm like, you know, I bet you I can find these down here. And I stumbled into it and Steve and I kind of really started to like scout and put in some miles. And we found some really, really excellent areas that held birds really consistently through that migration. Yeah, it's cool. I, it's a weird bird too. It's almost oh, got yeah. like a long beak. But it, it's kind of like the body of a grouse, right? Might... They're way smaller than a grouse, though. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that bird's far smaller than a grouse, but it acts a lot like a grouse in the way that they're kind of in similar habitat. I mean, you're you're chasing them through thickets. You're chasing them through the woods. You, I really get that up north experience even down here. Yeah. Yeah, that was one thing. Like, when we went out and did that, man, I was like, we're chasing birds in this? Like, it was <laughs> thick. It was thick. My man, uh, Matt Gibson's in the house. He says, how do they taste? Referring to the woodcock. They're a dark red meat. Um, I think they taste all right. I, I normally cook them on the grill, wrapped in bacon, or like as a jalapeno pop or something like that. I mean, it's such a small piece of meat. It's like an appetizer. Yeah. Mm. It's like a little little bird nugget. Yeah, the only, the only uh, description I've ever heard, <clears throat> excuse me, was on YouTube, and they said it was kind of like a mud duck. It has like a muddy duck, but I, I don't know any better. I mean, I don't know. I didn't, it didn't taste funny to me. It was just like I, a I've nice eaten mud ducks. I've had diver before. This is way better than diver. Yeah. Yeah. Look, what, what do I know? Yeah. I just you don't I know anything. Just I don't. I'm going to be, be quiet. I'll be in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was super interesting, man, because we were walking through some really thick stuff. And, and even like shots that uh, we got uh, presented to us was in some thick stuff. And I was like, can we even shoot at this? You know, <laughs> and then next thing I know, Brad's, like, bow, bow, you know, and I'm like, oh, I guess it, I guess I could have shot at that bird. Yeah, you're just you're used to like skeet shooting. Probably, yeah, like, right. Like I'm, I'm picturing <laughs> like perfectly flying clay pigeons, you know, and I'm like, this is different, man. Totally different. I got to get you on grouse hunting because that's a completely different experience. Like if you thought woodcock were fast, get ready. Oh, geez. grouse are twice the little rockets through those woods. I mean, it's crazy. Hey man, did I tell you I shot that one bird that you did? Want woodcock on crack shot. <laughs> I got this. I got Remember this. I told you that I ran over a grouse in Vermont on my mountain bike. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> I had a grouse attack me um, and I ended up running them over. <laughs> I was like, what the hell just nailed me? Because, I mean, if we're in bear country, and I was like, oh, my God, like, what just happened? And, like, no, it turned out it was a grouse, you know, and I just remember seeing him underneath my back tire. Like, as I, yeah, he's a big bird, though. He's a pretty good-sized bird. He nailed me in the side of the leg. Yeah, it's, uh, that was interesting, man. Like I said, and I, I think I said to you a couple times, Brad, like, afterwards, and I think, you know, I was like, it was just so cool to watch the dog work the woods. And uh, it was just a super fun time um, hunting with the dog. It was, if you've never done it, like, definitely get out there. Find somebody that 
does have a hunting dog that could flush some birds or point some birds because that was just such a cool experience. Yeah. Or just to have something as like a short, ugly friend that you can just run through the weeds. <laughs> Jay's you know, good at that. Yeah. If I, Brian, I will too. loan you my dog if yeah. you guys need a dog. <laughs> yeah, if I'm the short ugly, you're like the you're like the big ugly Dane. I'm like the big scarecrow <laughs> that runs through the woods. Let, let me just tell you how that feels. I mean, actually, pheasant hunting like really made me rethink about having a dog. I mean, I I, I you know I, I grew up with dogs. It's just <clears throat> current lifestyle is always on the go, just never home, so it never felt appropriate to have a dog. You know, because he'd always be in a cage or something. But now things are different, and now it's like, now I want a dog, especially after. I mean, they're a commitment. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But it's like, but uh, I mean, maybe this is the segue now. (laughs) So we were up in Wisconsin (laughs) on public land, and and we're going through all kinds of stuff. And we were probably stuff that was similar to what you were hunting in. Uh, the woodcock in? No, the woodcock was okay. definitely thicker. Okay, well, whatever. But we were going through similar, some stuff. Yeah. It was it was pretty tight. And then all of a sudden, you just hear Brian go. He just goes, whoa, 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 whoa. And I'm like, what, what's going on, dude? We're just walking. There's a bird dog that found us on the field. I thought it was Our, a bear because all I heard was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, this dog finds this. is like, what, yellow lab, right? Yeah, it was a uh, uh uh yeah yellow yeah. labrador retriever yeah i mean so like he finds us and then all of a sudden he's hanging with us and then we're like well maybe he doesn't hunt birds so we're like get the bird get the bird so he's like zipping through stuff yeah. and everything and then um we, we start working this one area well we worked our way back yeah. to the parking lot <laughs> and uh to see if it was somebody's dog true yes and there was no other cars there yep so we're like you know what do we do so we worked the dog a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But He's well, like, before before we did that, yeah. we went to a couple of farms that were right in yeah. that area. Um, nobody claimed the dog. But yeah. We did find a nice lady up the road. Mm-hmm. She took down her name and number. And yeah. uh, we just told her, we're going to go back to that field. We're not going to leave the area. We'll hold on to the dog. If yeah. somebody happens to stop by your place you know, have them get in touch with us or tell them we'll be down at that field. And so we went back to the field and utilized the dog. Yep. And the dog didn't flush a bird, but he did retrieve a bird you shot. And then you played tug of war with the dog. (laughs) He kept taking it. I'm like, dude, get away. I'm like, no, no, down. Like, you know, because we were also trying to figure out his name and we got pretty close to the pronunciation. What was that dog's name? I forget, man. Oh, dude, I forget. Wasn't didn't I say like Baxter or something or Bust? No, I said Buster. Buster. Yeah. His name was. Uh, oh, I can't forget his name. I, well, it was really close to Buster, and uh, but yeah, I mean, but we could already tell he was training because he got in the he got in the car. I mean, we brought a, 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 a what's it called a, a water bottle, and he was ready to drink from it. <clears throat> I was like, I was like, nobody would leave this dog. There's no way somebody left this dog. But um, but yeah, it was really cool. I mean, he he helped us. I mean, he hung out with us for a good two hours, and uh, yeah, and he uh, he got my bird for me. Um, you know, and plus I shot my first my first pheasant. Um, so it was really unique. I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, you can you know you can hunt a hunt pheasants without a dog, but there's I, there's Baxter on the screen. I looking, imagine it's a lot Jay's better. Bird. I imagine it's a lot better when you have a dog. <clears throat> But yeah, he was oh, man, he was trying nice to right now. Yeah. Oh. oh dude, it was so much fun. 
you know, it was so much fun doing that. And I'll just tell everybody out there, if you really want to get into stuff like this, go skeet shooting first. Get that down, and I'm going to tell you, this will get a little easier. I mean, I'm no pro. I missed a few birds, too. But, um, I mean, but we did pretty good. I mean, for a weekend, we got three birds. We really only had a shot at five total, I think, or six total. There's a three birds. That's my <clears throat> dog, though. Yeah, that's his dog. Look at look at him licking his chops. Yeah, he was all over that. Thing, he man. wanted the birds. You too. got yourself a bird dog right there. I don't know, dude. I think yeah. he's gun shy. Well, well, see, the thing was too. I pulled out a couple feathers for the tie flies, like later on in the year. He came over and he tore the feathers out of my hand. Yeah, like literally <laughs> took them. Like I've never seen him that like not aggressive, but oh yeah, let's just say. Like it was like borderline. I mean, he was not giving them back. I was like, dude. And then he just gnawed them. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> but it was a great time, man. It, it it's an amazing time out there. I gotta say. For those uh, wondering what a woodcock looks like, that's uh, not the, not the guy in the orange hat. Yeah, that's one on the screen, <laughs> and that's uh, Brad's dog Pippa that helped us uh, flush the birds there. So it's a, it's definitely a small bird, and it's unique. You can see that beak there. Um, just a cool little cool little bird, man. Mm. But uh, yeah, this has been a fun year so far, though. Yeah, I've actually had more fun hunting than I have fishing, but I get, I think it's because it's new. Yeah, well, <clears throat> anything that's new, you know. I mean everything, and we're not it's done yet. Exciting. That's a great thing too. We're not even close to done yet. Yeah. Well, now we got we're opening up this Saturday. Yeah, yeah, we're joining the Orange Army. Orange Army. <laughs> so we are taking bets on who will get shot this weekend. Yeah, no uh, sure. feel free to hit me up in Messenger. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because like now that I know like what's out there, I'm like Jesus. Because we were gonna, he's like, well, we want to hunt from a blind, and then we were both like, I don't know, I don't know exposed. if I want to be sitting in a blind, not yeah. like there, like. So, I mean, you can have God, like you know. 30 out sixes you're gonna have what there's even two two three three oh eights yeah i mean you're gonna have all kinds of you know subsonic rounds like flying around so it's like it's funny i want to be out there with the the slow and steady yeah uh you know slug gun <laughs> you know to turn the turkey gun into a slug gun slug guns have <clears throat> killed lots of deers oh i'm sure there's no doubt about that but i'll have, I'll have you shots these six I'll have my trusty Sam's 30 out six with me. Nice. That's what I'll be shooting. See, I wish I had jumped on that train a while ago, man. Well, I borrowed my brother's. So. Yeah. But still, That's though, cool. you got access to one. I mean, I guess I do too. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> well, after Switch. Brian's five minutes done and done with his record so far, he can just let you use it. Yeah. <laughs> like Brian's going to like hit one at 130 yards without a problem. Watch. Me, I gotta bring it in almost like you know, you're gonna have to, you know, with a with a bow. Nah. You'd be good. You'd be good. You shot out to 75 at the range the other night. Yeah. You? You'd be all right. You good. Still feel it right here, man. Oh, I know. My shoulders are always <laughs> I shot 16 slugs. I will never do that ever again. <laughs> never, ever, ever. So let's uh let's talk a little duck and goose hunting, man. Like that's that's your specialty. We did that out of a kayak this past weekend, man. Like what what turns you on to utilizing the kayak for the the duck and goose? Storage for the first part. Like I don't have a lot of storage at my house. And a kayak I can hang my ceiling. I can still park vehicles in the garage yet. It keeps it allows me to hunt areas, big boats. I used to have a big mud boat. I had a 
1448 and 1546 john different mud motors upboards but the kayak just allows you to get into these smaller areas where other big boats can't and i mean if you look at how short the grass we're able to hide in there is i mean it just gives you more opportunities to to get actually on the x where the birds want to be and it's just mobile i mean you can launch from the side of the road launch in the ditch and paddle it or like with my setup i mean if i have a longer run i throw my motor on the back and go cruise hmm. yeah that mud motor set up on the back of your new canoe is pretty unique man yeah uh, i'm a fan i mean it's not it's not like speed demon like if anybody's thinking like i'm gonna throw a mud motor on a kayak and go 30 miles an hour it's not it's not what it is but it does a solid five miles an hour loaded and it doesn't feel like you're moving that fast, especially because I do a lot of solo hunting. So I'm like, man, putt, 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 putt. But after with someone who's paddling, it's a completely different story. Because you turn around and you look at them, you're like, they're are ways back there. Like, I'm really moving. Yeah, we uh, paddled into some wind, and that was not fun at all. I wish I had a mud motor or something. I bet. But, and I didn't even have mine. It, I mean, we were both paddling that day. And I mean, we kind of yeah. fish. I mean, we've been out in wind yeah. before, but that was nasty out there last Saturday. Yeah. Well, especially with a pile of decoys over my legs. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it was definitely different, man. But I, I like it. Like, and and you and I have had conversations too. And uh, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, if you go on YouTube um, and you, you've never heard of them, look up the hunting public. Like those guys hunt a lot of public land, uh, many different species of animals, but mm -hmm. they're like for the deer hunting, like they'll access a piece of public land to get to some deer by like paddling up a creek or across a lake or something like that to mm -hmm. get to that untouched kind of overlooked areas of that public land. And they're usually running into some really nice deer. Yeah. They'll look for turkey hunting too. Yeah, you know they'll be cruising down the water and they'll be calling. As soon as they get a hit, they just bank the you know they bank the uh, the kayak and then they cruise up and work a point and yeah. they usually blaze a bird. I mean those guys are so efficient. Yeah, I mean I know that like they don't always get it, but I mean they're just all so good. I yeah. mean I, they've been an inspiration for me. Actually, they're kind of the ones that kind of kicked it off for me, um, especially you know with the inception of being able to apply a, a kayak again. I mean, this is another reason why I'm changing kayaks, <clears throat> you know, and I'm going to get a new canoe because it's just going to be so versatile and, be, and allow me to do so much with duck hunting, deer hunting, even, you know, turkey hunting. Um, I know we're going to find ways to apply the kayak as much as yeah. possible uh, because you can, you know, there's plenty of public land off rivers and things like that. So, I mean, you're going to have access that nobody else has. Oh, you, you, know. just, you just made Matt Gibson happy. Did I? He, he said fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. I just need, I just got to get some money together, man. I got to get rid of that one I got right now, but it's, it's basically gone. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like you're saying, dude, you know, I made the switch too. And I'll, by all means, I had no intentions of hunting at all this year mm. until you two bad influences in a good way. <laughs> like I told Brad the other night yeah. on the phone. But, like, I wouldn't be able to go duck hunting out of my blue sky. No way. <laughs> could you see that? I mean, yeah. I guess I could have made, I, yeah. like, a makeshift blind yeah. over it, yeah. you know? But, like, there was no I way I'd be able to. Marsh. Yeah. 
there would be no way to like tuck in like like we did that day and I even felt exposed too because I had my seat in the high position and I remember uh you and Adam were talking to me about that like it was funny as the day progressed, like I ended up on the bottom of my boat <laughs> and not in my seat because they were like, I think you're scaring the birds, man. You got to you gotta, try working down a little bit more. Are yeah. you going to, are you comfortable like that? Yeah. Oh, well try, try snuggling down a little bit more. Try who, tucking in a little Who brought bit the giant? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> All right. But it, it, dude, super unique in like that aspect too. Like, you know, it was something that I had pictured like the spread of decoys and being tucked into the grass. But the unique thing was, is, you know, Brad and Adam were calling at these birds and to see them work. Mm-hmm. Like I've never really seen that before. They kind of flew in circles and they were kind of trying to pick their way or their spot that they wanted to come in and land at. And I mean, we had some birds that circled us like probably a good six or seven times. Right. And yeah. Then, we just, I, I, and but them not committing. I mean, they wanted to be there. I really yeah. think our hive just wasn't quite good enough. I really do. I mean, when I don't have birds working, like when I don't have birds finish, my first thought is we gotta hide better every single yeah. time. Sure. I mean, blame it on me. I'll I'll, I'll take it. Well, I mean, I, I've fun. gone I've gone duck hunting and uh, goose hunting this year. <clears throat> you know, at the club, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, pinky up again. But uh you know, I learned a lot doing box blind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's at you know to the point where you actually got like I was telling him, you got like the land blinds for the geese for this time of year, and then you've got or earlier in the year, but anyway, you got the the wet blind for all the ducks and everything. So I've become a little familiar with the whole setup and what happens, but the hiding aspect. Yeah. Because as soon as you see a bird, all of a sudden you gotta like tuck. Get you know, get your head in the blind, and you gotta like you know, don't look up because I guess the reflection in your face is just a big like you know, especially if you um, I don't know any any face for that matter. I guess. Oh, you yeah. The reflection in your face, you know, they see it like right away, um, and and this and that, and just how stealthy you gotta be. But then you call them in. But that brings me to the question, like, so the people I was with, where they were mimicking how the ducks were quacking, but then they would get kind of frantic when it looked like the birds were maybe going to go away. Do you try to mimic the birds themselves? Like what the sounds that they're making or it's like, what cadence would you try to, you know, entice them to come land? I mean, I'm a big fan of only calling at wingtips and tail feathers. So I use more comeback calls. I'm, I'm not normally call. I try not to call super aggressive. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. an okay caller. I'm not a great caller by any means. So that's part of the fact. Like, I mean, I can call ducks, but I've been, I've hunted with people who can call ducks way better than me. So I know I need to tone it back because I just don't have that sound that they do. So mm-hmm. I'm more of a fan of like comeback calls, some squeaky hen action, a little bit of feed chatter, but I'm not real heavy on the call, especially if birds are working. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I should mention too, like my situation is we're sitting around, I think there's 20, there's over 20 blinds. So you're competing with yeah, a lot of sure. other hunters. And in this case, you would probably be by yourselves for the most part or in a segmented area where you can be a little bit more relaxed calling to your point to not like over it. 
I mean, if you head to the Mississippi, I, mean, I hunted pool eight quite a bit a few years back where, to the point where I actually burnt myself out on duck hunting, but there's a ton of pressure out there. I mean, I never hunted somewhere where I couldn't hear someone else calling out there. Hmm. Well, it's funny, man. Like I had a conversation with our good friend, Matt Gibson. Um, I think that was yesterday. And, uh, you know, I was telling him about the, the duck hunting and this and that. And we were talking about that, uh, some new canoe stuff. And he's like, I'll tell you what, man, I've shot more birds just sitting over a dozen decoys, no call whatsoever than I have, you know, with calling and all that stuff. He's like, you know, I don't, know how to call i think is what he said i don't know i might be wrong on that but um but no i mean from what he said he was just like you know i'll just go throw out a dozen decoys and sit there or a half dozen so that you know that's a good thing with the kayak too i mean you need these large spreads because you get these smaller backwater potholes or a a smaller spread you can be far more deadly than a big spread in this huge pocket of water right right yeah, and I think you you and Adam had kind of briefly talked about that too. Like, it was funny where we set up first thing in the morning. Um, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. We were on like this island of reeds in this marsh, and uh, we had some birds. I mean, you guys were like, yeah, we're not in the right spot. And then it was like, all right, well, if we're going to move, now's the time to move. So we went out, picked up all the decoys, and then moved to the spot where we ended up hunting the rest of the day and saw way more action, you know? And I think like you guys were talking about where we were, it was just too wide of a opening plus depth issues in the water and decoys and stuff like that kind of played a factor too, but go ahead. Yeah. I mean, you could just tell the birds wanted to be there and you're always better off hunting where the birds want to be rather than trying to get the birds to come to you. I mean, scouting plays a huge role in waterfall if you want to be effective. Sure. Uh, wouldn't you be hunting the wind too? Because the one thing I did learn this year is that the birds always land into the wind. Wind like is a huge factor around. as well. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was the thing I never knew, and now I pay attention to it, and it totally makes sense. Like like geese, ducks. Well, I think they cut their wings, bro. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like now it's like it's funny. Like it's it's such an obvious thing, but you know, if you're not paying attention to it, you'll never know the difference. Yeah. You know, but it's like crazy because I was teaching that to Seth, you know, yeah. my, my son. But we were we're in the we we're watching uh over a cornfield. I was like, watch this dude. I was like, the geese are gonna turn around and come in this way. He's like, How do you know that? I'm like Dad, it just knows what he's talking about, man. Just, uh, you know, just watch, <laughs> you know? And it was funny because some of them didn't, and some of them, like, circled back around, like, oh, don't worry, they're going to come back, you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's – it's. Uh, but I learned that, too, like, especially at the club, like, a lot of the guys will have assigned, <clears throat> assigned blinds, but what they'll do is they'll go into the jump line because they're playing the wind. Yeah. So they won't want to hunt the blind that's theirs. They'll go hunt another blind that's better for the wind because they know, you know, it's all relative. So, and that's an interesting thing too. Even with all the hunting, the wind is such a huge factor. I've noticed, Uh, you know, paying attention, like hunting the weather is like really where it's at for the most part um, that I've noticed for birds or deer. Adam in the chat said airports are set up with the same rationale with runways to use the wind. So picture your birds as airplanes. Maybe then you can hit one. <laughs> I did hit one. 
that took you a second. Like, I don't know what second. you're talking about, man, because uh, I don't know. This guy didn't hit any pheasants. What? Was it? Oh. oh, although I will oh. say you were the ground crew on one. Uh, I, me I'm and Brian, two. me and Brian two. worked together very yeah. well. Let's See? just say that. Put you on birds, bro. Yeah, you did. Mission accomplished. I mean, it is well, good uh, to hear that there's. I mean, it's good to hear that there's like you two decided like get up, get into upland hunting. I mean, <laughs> that's like, and especially being a huge focus of mine and really working like with mentorship and whatnot. Cause I always try to take at least one or, new, or two new hunters out every year. Yeah. Thanks man. My pocketbook really, really thanks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> actually Upland's not bad. It's just no. the shells, you know, Yeah, the shells and the, in the, you know, I already had blaze orange, but yeah, you know, um, yeah, the clothing aspects, not bad. Good pair of brush pants, a nice comfortable yeah. vest. Four or five thousand dollars into a bird dog. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, I remember coming home that weekend after Woodcock, and you know, my wife works for an animal shelter, and I was like, "You got any hunting dogs up there?" Yeah. She's like, "We're not getting another dog," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, we are." I'm like, "You know what?" I said, "I think I think our dog could do it. I think our dog could do it." She's like, "He freaks out over thunderstorms. What do you think he's going to do over a shotgun shot?" I'm like, yeah, but I don't think he'd freak over, freak out over that. I think he'd be good. Yeah. Well, it's so. like, what did Brad say? Like, go out there and then, like, when you're doing, when you, when you had the birds out there and then take two, two, two by, two by fours and slap them. Slam I them haven't together. tested that there yet, <laughs> but I did hide a pheasant in the yard and let him out and he found it right. Yeah. He found it right away. Then. Right away. Right. Nice. And then he went back after we picked it up. Yeah. And he was still sniffing that he same He still area. sniffs that same area. So uh, I told you he was like possessed that yeah. day. Yeah. But uh, speaking of Upland, man, I know there was an uh, uh, organization you wanted to touch on and talk about, and uh, it provides some uh, Upland opportunities for youth hunters, right? Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a, they're not really an organization. It's a group of friends and family that got together. Um, they're, they're out of Michigan. They're called Gallicide, which Gallus in Latin means rooster and side means slayer. So, I mean, how can you not get behind that name to begin with? <laughs> Rooster Slayer. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like, they're, I mean, they're a group of friends and family that want to bring the Upland community together to, like, work with mentorship to make sure our traditions are passed down. I mean, that's what they're looking to do, and that really hits home to me with me mentoring hunters. I mean, last this year I took you out. Last year I took out a couple of workers. I took out a guy from New York who had never hunted woodcock before. He'd hunted pheasants, but never woodcock. So I always like try to introduce people to something they haven't done upland hunting or even just new hunters in general. Sure. Just mm-hmm. so, just so this, I don't want to see this die with our generation. Yeah. I, I mean, I want to see this. I want to see our public lands utilized. I want to see the conservation efforts continue to move forward to keep those public lands open and with the biology behind the birds and the proper habitat management. And you can't do that without the funding of, even just the license funding alone. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and then what was it for anything with the DNRs? I think all the states kind of run the same. I think any of the licenses and all that goes directly back into uh, the DNR, you know, for management and things of that nature. And, um, and I think they have one other source where they get funding from, but it's not a lot. And, you know, and there's like a serious, there's a serious deficit that's starting to happen with hunting because of course, you know, with the way things are today, for whatever reason, hunting is just like, you know, 
it's just you know one of those things that everyone's just like oh i can't believe you hunt you know it's like what do you mean yeah. you know it, it there's nothing wrong with it i mean you eat hamburgers and everything else i mean what's different you know about me going out in the woods and getting it myself <clears throat> you know but uh it's good that there's groups out there that are doing that because it is important and like i mean and the other thing is too is being a new hunter like you it, it's you know and, and me and brian me and brian talked about this it's um uh, it's real daunting to like when you look at all of the rules and this and that and then you don't know if you're doing something right and then you don't want to get in trouble while you're out there and you know when you don't have a mentor or somebody to at least guide you um some of those people may never get into hunting and i i would say that was a big thing about me is i never yeah i've been an archer forever i've hunted on occasion but i didn't have anybody just kind of take me all the way through it and then go oh this is actually a lot easier than i thought like this isn't anywhere near as complicated as I thought it was. I epically failed you on the habitat stamp, though. Yes, it's <laughs> all right. Yeah, thank God the game wardens were nice. Very nice. Yeah, very nice ladies. Yeah, they were. It was kind of funny. Like, shout I got, out to the two ladies working out on the uh, west side of the state. Yeah, like it was so way. funny, dude. When they nailed me, and I, I even like, I kind of knew they were good people and stuff. And she was like, "Guy ID," and I'm like, "I was like, I'm a sovereign citizen." She goes, "Oh my God!" I was like, "I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding." Here you go. <laughs> Like, <laughs> just messing with her, you know. I could already tell we were on good terms. I was like, all right, you know. She's like, thank God. She's You're like, pushing your luck. Yeah, she was like, I didn't have time to deal with this today, but you know what? It seemed to work. I mean, yeah. but then, you know, but then again, they they you know brought out some things or brought up some things to me that I didn't know was going on, and they were really cool about it. <clears throat> the habitat stamp being one that just never came up. Yeah, but I bought that right on the spot, and they were cool about it. You know, so. I mean, it's six fifty. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, and and that's the thing too. I will say, like, our conservation officers, and I think you and I talked a little bit about that the other day, Brad. And I know Jay and I talked about it after we encountered the the two gals um, last weekend. Is they're just out there to protect our resources. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one thing too. Is the area we were in there was a bunch of hunters and there was some guys hunting in an area that we wanted to hunt. So we were walking out and that's why we ran into these ladies. And, um, you know, I had on X, uh, the app open. If you guys don't know about on X, uh, get it, definitely get it. It shows all kinds of public land, things like that. Uh, ownership of private land Mm -hmm. in the areas you may be interested in hunting. But, um, I had asked her where this specific piece of land was. And she was like, well, are you going there right now? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, we'll just take you there. Follow us. Yeah. They were ripping down the roads. They were going pretty. I was like, Jesus. Yeah. I was like, do I need to put this? I I drive fast. I was like, do I need to put this in all wheel drive (laughs) or four wheel or something? (laughs) But they they were super helpful. And and, uh, she made a statement to you. She's like, look, I'm not going to write you a ticket right now. Uh, I understand it's your first year hunting. I just want you to learn mm-hmm. and, you know, so you're doing the right thing because yep. I don't want to have to ever write you a ticket, you know, and it was really nice. She gave you a warning, you know, took down your information and let you go. But um, I think that's a huge thing, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of people frown upon the conservation police when actually they're just out there preserving all the things that we love. You know what I mean? So uh, shout out to all the conservation officers. Yeah. And I mean, and like, and it doesn't do anybody any good to not buy those licenses anyway, because again, 
all that money goes right back into the system. So yeah, you're better off like, you know, putting that money into it. So to support, you know, what you're talking about, Brad, is that it's there for our kids and, you know, our kids' kids. So it doesn't go anywhere. I mean, it's important. And I've talked about this before. If we don't use this stuff, they'll they'll legislate the stuff away. It's what they've done in Illinois. Yeah. It's like they'll sell it off to, you know, private companies, you know, just whatever. But they'll, they'll, you know, chop it up into parcels and sell it off. And that's – and Illinois is a prime example of that. I mean, there's still – a good, I think, a better amount of public land south, but I mean, yeah. up north there ain't there ain't nothing. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things. I mean, well, you capitalized on it, of course, but I mean, like a perfect example of that is turkey up here, yeah. because this is prime habitat in northern Illinois for turkeys, and even by where he lives, dude, it just blows my mind seeing these turkeys cross the road. I mean, we saw like ten crossing yeah. the road, but it's all private everywhere. Yeah, you know, so. You know, I guess to the point of like, you know, again, if you don't use it, the state's just going to get rid of it. Is it true if you don't use it, you lose it? <clears throat> it seems to be true in <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> you know? Well, and and that's totally it, man. And 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 not only that, but respecting those public lands. You yeah, know, like definitely. you know, if you see some trash, pick it up. You know, it's the same thing with the waterways, right? Like a lot of exactly. folks that I'm sure that are listening to this are all kayak fishermen, and there's nothing more that bums us out when you see a bunch of garbage floating mm-hmm. in a waterway or at the boat ramp or whatever else, you know. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things, man. You just got to use it and respect it. But getting back to the mentorship thing, you know, like that was the biggest influence of me and my hunting was my good friend, Scott Purge. Like, I can't thank that guy enough. You know, he's the one that really taught me a lot of things. And at the time it may have been like a dirty little lesson or whatever. He would have been like, just shut up and listen to me, you know? But, uh, (laughs) it was huge, you know, it was, it was super huge, um, because that was stuff and it it was super unique this year for me, um, passing that info on to you, Mm. like the toilet paper in the tree as a, as a, you're tracking a deer so you can go back when you Mm -hmm. lose blood and, you know, things like that, man, those simple little things that make your hunt more successful, and, and that's the thing too, is, you know, like a lot of people think hunting is just shooting an animal. No, the hunt happens after you shoot the animal Yeah, and tracking that thing down. I think recovering the, it. the easiest thing you can do is shoot the animal and then the rest is work. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's work. Yeah. We got a uh, Chris Hodge in the chat. He said, appreciate the shout out to Galuside. Did I pronounce that right? I believe it's Galuside. Galuside. You're close. My bad. Yeah, I was close. Uh, Chris, absolutely, man. Uh, may have to get you on one of these podcasts, brother. Thank you for doing what you do and getting youth involved and, and things like that, because we need that. So I, I'll say, too, is, uh, you know, and I know Brad feels the same way. If there's somebody out there that's interested in getting into hunting or has some questions about hunting or things like that, um, feel free to reach out. And I know quite a few people scattered around the country that hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, so we may be able to put you in connections. Same thing with Brad. Um, you know, we just would love to see the sport of hunting continue on um, in a traditional manner and uh, just continue to to keep 
keep the numbers up and things like that. So we can continue to um, harvest animals off all these great, wonderful public lands that are available for us to hunt out there. Or, you know, maybe your family's got a farm and you live in the middle of Iowa or something like that. I mean, you went out to Iowa squirrel hunting yeah. with our good friend Tanner Spidell, <clears throat> you know, yeah. and he took you under his wing for that too. So, yeah, that was real interesting too. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, yeah. like I said, I mean, this year has been amazing, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, to your point, um, you know, and this, and the, the big thing is too, you don't got to be young. I mean, I'm 45 and I just started, you know, so yeah. I mean, you know, you old fart. I know. I thought about it for years <laughs> and I finally jumped in and I jumped in like feet first for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, I am that's so, the way to do I'm, it. I'm poor. I'm poor. <laughs> I'm so poor. I'm not even kidding. Don't tell them that. They might turn them off. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I mean, well, that's the thing, though. Yeah. You can actually get into hunting for a relatively cheap price. Yeah, yes, you're going to have a small investment up front, like, especially if you want to go deer hunting. Like, yeah, my first bow I bought off of Craigslist for like 150 bucks. Mm. Um, I think it was bear, it was a bear archery compound bow, shot arrows, killed deer. That's all that mattered. Yeah. Um, bought some cheap camo. Yep. Uh, at you, the time I had the land, so I, I bought a cheap ladder stand and hunted out of that, man, and I was good to go. And then yep. as time progressed, I just picked up a thing here and picked up a thing there, yeah. you know? Yeah, but, I mean, and what was it? My bow is a, mine's a Matthew Switchback OG. Yeah. It's a 15-year-old bow. Still shoots great. You know, I mean, when the target, the yeah. sights on. Yeah, when the sights on. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, side note, we figure that out. Yeah, like at right. his house one day, I was like, "Why am I low every time?" I'm like dead center, but it's like you got to move your sight up. So somehow I knock my sight right. off. Well, and that's it. Like we're talking about, you know, the three of us are all gun hunting this weekend in Wisconsin for the gun opener for deer, and that's the biggest thing, man. Like you got to sight in your your rifle or your yep. slug gun. You and I went to the the range the other day, and you know, I'm surprised I still have a shoulder left. That was rough. But, <laughs> uh, you know, you got to sight in that weapon because going back to the beginning, like you said, like you had the instance where you got shot that deer, and you want to prevent that. Like you owe it to that animal to um, take it in a timely fashion uh, where it does the least amount of suffering. You don't want to just go out there and butcher up some deer you know no. and have one gimping around you know whatever it may be you know I mean, like it, as yeah. hunters we we owe that respect to the animals we're looking to harvest and uh that's that's a super huge thing and i think that's a great lesson right like even throughout the season i would always try to shoot a minimum of three arrows hmm. you know every week or every other week I mean, religiously, like I know guys that would shoot every day before they went out in the woods or the night before or whatever, sure. just to make sure all their stuff was accurate, it was on, things like that. I mean, if you're traveling long distances, your stuff's getting banged around in the case, you might want to shoot it more often just to prevent that. But you know what? It, 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 it was a great lesson. Unfortunately, the deer had to suffer a little bit because of that, but it was a great lesson to you. So down the road you know you know what to do and that's not going to happen again oh yeah I you mean, know what i mean yeah i mean as a, a conscientious hunter at this point i mean you knew how bad i felt i yeah. i, I oh, almost yeah. was going to quit hunting for the the year because i was like i can't 
do this. Yeah, like, I mean, stomach it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm not going to do this Trust to deer. Me, yeah. I was so sad about it, you know. And, and well, you know, you can, you can look at, I was just watching a video, um, uh, Sobe, Sam Sobiak from up in Minnesota, uh, used to film a lot with Alex Perrick, one of the Googans. Um, his buddy shot a really nice buck up in Minnesota with a bow. They had a ton of blood and they tracked that thing for almost a mile and they backed out and ended up coming back the next day. And they found it like 20 yards from where they stopped, but it was literally a mile and they had kept bumping it and it was a good shot. Mm. I think he caught more liver than anything, but, um, you know, in that video, he was like, that is just such a, he's like, the next morning when they continued the video on and Sam was like, how'd you sleep last night? He's like, I didn't sleep at all, man. Like, I just, you know, it's a horrible feeling. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to do that. Um, so yeah, good yeah, lesson no, learned, man. No matter how good you think you are, you still need to, you're not that good. I mean, right. unless you're like Tim Wells or Brad Hurlboss. Yeah. Or Brad Hurlboss. Oh boy. Yeah. That's a little much. <clears throat> Like, I mean, if you, if, if you can, let me brush that off, I can't take that ego with me. I mean, if you know, if you can send it, you know, but yeah, it's practice, practice, practice. You know, no matter how confident you think you are, you still gotta, you gotta put shots down in range to be sure of it. You know, be a, I don't know, just be fair to the animal. I yeah. guess. Well, practice your craft, you know, practice yeah. your shooting, things like that. So. Yeah. Cause I mean, well, it is a, it's a skill that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, well, let's just say you lose it over time. I yeah, it's it. a it's a practice skill that you need to uh, do more than once every so often. You know, it's something you should do consistently. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You got to keep up with it, especially so. with archery. Because yeah. archery, oh, yeah. it's got, you got muscles that you have to work out. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's there's more to pulling back a compound bow. I mean, yeah, I think Joe Rogan shoots like a hundred arrows a day. Yeah, and so he's like crazy. he's hardcore. Yeah. You know, I was like, shit, I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't shoot 100. I don't think you got to shoot 100 arrows a day. Yeah, but, but I mean, but if you do, you got that muscle memory, that anchor point, all that good stuff. Yeah. Like it's, it's just all muscle memory. So basically, when that 10 so yard shot comes, yeah, you're ready for yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're a little over an hour here, man. Uh, Brad, we'll give you the floor, man. Any shout-outs, final thoughts, things like that? Um, it's all yours, buddy. Well, like you said, if anybody wants to reach out, I'm more than willing to pass down any knowledge I have if, from a hunting aspect. For If you want to see how I, how I got that new canoe set up with the mud motor and the new canoe blind, and I made this pretty cool front light mount that turned out pretty pretty sweet on that boat. Um, yeah. Small craft outfitters, I mean, they've been great to me. Um, Gal aside, for what they're doing, I mean, they deserve a ton of ton of props for them. I mean, they're they're really they're working it, man. They're, they're trying to really bring this community together, which I think is great, and it just so fits in line with the mentorship and what, what I believe in. Um, yeah, that's about it. That's what I got. I mean, right now. If you're if you're it. local Wisconsin, you want to check out the kayak, or if you if you really have always wanted to get into waterfall hunting, or upland hunting or something i'm not the greatest mentor when it comes to deer hunting but i can teach you what i know but like if you want to experience that upland hunting behind a dog um i just got two rules don't shoot my dog and don't shoot my dog um those are really my two <laughs> main rules 
don't shoot my dog. Don't shoot my dog. I love it. Um, or waterfall hunting. I mean. I've got most of the gear. I mean, like you borrowed my extra blind. I have a spare kayak blind even. So, yeah. I mean, if someone wants to get out and they really have been like itching and trying to like figure out how to do this, reach out. I mean, I'll absolutely yeah. help. Yeah. I'll say, man, uh, the couple of hunts we've gone on together this year, man, has been a, nothing but a learning experience and uh, just super huge, man. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. I know we're going to get some duck hunts in next week out of the, uh, out of the, kayaks the old new canoes everett parks in the house what up Everett? he gave the fist <laughs> i love it love it he got a deer man yeah he had a nice doe <clears throat> slung it in the kayak finally getting out there man yeah get after it everett want to see a big old buck in your hands Just... <laughs> here actually no here feel that you what? don't you don't know how... <laughs> like, I don't, this I weekend you dude something else. this weekend that's right you're, you're gonna feel that in your hands I, I get the first crack and i'll be like hey what's up i told jay first buck he shoots so that's what that's what antler feels like. i know where you guys are going i mean i've seen good bucks in that area really good bucks in that area before i mean that's pretty much one of my main public public hunting grounds i stopped there quite a bit yeah well i gotta say man i mean you know Brian, Brian's got some skills, man. He's put us on some gear. It's make been it pretty happen. interesting with this guy. Like he's fast tracking my uh, my knowledge, my learning experience, yeah. which is cool. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, man. Like uh, I had a conversation with the the Godfather. We haven't mentioned the Godfather in oh, a while. Yeah. The other night, and uh, you know, I'd been telling him about our hunting trips and things like that. And he's like, "Man, next time you go, like if you guys got room." Like, I'd love to go and learn. And, you know, when I first met him, I was still hunting super hard um, archery. And I forgot he even bought a bow. And, uh, oh, Everett. New like, Tour 2021. Let's go, bro. Yeah. Let's go. I'm down, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's not even a question. The four of Can us I get here. In on this? Yeah. Well, I, Wait, that's why you? I said the oh, four right. of us. Hold, hold on. Can I get in and if I beat you in a race with the kayaks? <laughs> yeah, what, what, what if I put the torpedo up against them? You'll lose. Will I? Oh, you'll, you'll lose. But, but hold on. Uh, I can fill as I go if needed. You'll eventually have a battery. I'll just make sure I bring enough gas. Yeah, there you go. I got a backup battery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a minute. Like It'll be like one of those mulligan or, you know, like oh, pods. Yeah. <laughs> Game off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Godfather wants to get out there, and I was like, "Look, man, I'm like, after gun season, I'm all for it, and I'll get you out there, and let's let's get you on some deer and stuff like that." So, yeah, man, it should be good. Uh, looking forward. Well, to the this ice weekend. stays. The ice stays away. Like I said, I'll come down and pound around in Illinois by you guys for a little bit. And there's there's a spot in Tennessee, Everett. We got to add in there too. <laughs> Just saying. Hit me up, bro. And Georgia. We're good. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, boys. So we're, we're heading to playing. Georgia. Let's do some timber ducks in Alabama right away while we're, we're doing it. We'll do Wisconsin, Illinois, Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio, and Georgia. And some Georgia birds. That's that's new to our twenty twenty one. It's gonna happen. Like uh, hopefully uh maybe New Canoe can help fund this excursion. <laughs> I don't know. Just throwing it out there. 
like I did mention earlier in the podcast, uh, running low on funds. <laughs> Christmas is coming. We'll get it figured out, bro. <laughs> May not have wives or girlfriends anymore after the tour, but it'll be all good. Okay. It'll be all good. It'll be worth it. <laughs> worth it. We'll be eating good. We'll yeah. be eating good. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, I just want to say thanks to you and uh brad for for all your guidance man and uh really appreciate it man and i've really leaned on you lately for like waterfowl and upland ex- advice and uh just want to say thanks man like a lot of your advice had you know i had taken jay out uh pheasant hunting and uh you know we got on some birds we talked about some things stuff like that you put me on some ducks last weekend so super thanks thankful for that everett said not if you're in a jackson we already know I won't be. Yeah. I mean, come on. Whatever. We already figured this All out. All right. Bro. I mean, like again, I love my Liska. It's still in the garage, but you know, but don't worry. I got my I got my sights on something else. <laughs> but uh cool, man. I appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. Um would love the feedback if you guys want to hear more hunting episodes in the fishing off season. Uh that's what we're talking about doing. So yeah. Uh, just change it up a little bit, change a pace mm-hmm. and things like that. So, uh, well, normally I say until next time, tight lines, and smooth paddling. But should I say until next time, straight shooting and smooth paddling. Yeah. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. TRC Covers, protect your investment. Catch Products, shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the Paddle in Fin logo directly on your catch board. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20, and save 20% on all your jig and tackle needs.